Content warning. No Gods, No Monsters contains profanity, substance use, and a strong hatred for the police. I'm going to give you uh, a series of questions or scenarios just to see how you respond, okay? Just be as forthright as you can. For a century, state leaders and media outlets have accused communists of being the minions of demonic forces with secret evil agendas. How does this make you feel? What the fuck? (laughs) Um, It makes me feel badass. All right, interesting. interesting. (laughs) A LifeSite article titled... Witches and Satanists have teamed up with leftists to destroy America, claims that witches' covens are hexing police and casting protection spells on Black Lives Matter activists. What do you think about this? I think it's badass. All right, interesting, interesting. You're in a desert, walking along in the sand, when all of a sudden you look down. You see Gamera. He's crawling towards you. You reach down. You flip Gamera on his back. Gamera lays no. on his back, his belly baking in the hot sun, beating his legs, trying to turn itself over. But he can't. Not without your help. But you're not helping. That's not something I would do. I would always help Gamera. And I would never flip him on his back. Charlie, listen. They can smell Christian blood, Charlie. I have to know the truth. Do you believe in God or Jesus? Before we embark on this, I have to know. I believe in Godzilla and Gamera, both of which are superior to God and Jesus. All right, we're just going to have to see what happens. Welcome to episode four of No Gods, No Monsters, the anti-capitalist kaiju and giant monster podcast in a what world where fuck? no one is coming to save us. I'm Rabin, I'm here with my co-host Charlie, and I think we're safe. I'm going to take his word for it. Uh, and well, today- for the record, uh, Satanists and witches rule, and I will glad to be on their side any day of the week. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. I just have to hope, you know. Kali lied, so we never, it's hard to know. Um, today, if you haven't picked up on it, we're talking about Troll Hunter, the 2010 movie from Norway. Charlie, you want to let us know what's up with this movie? A trio of Norwegian college students, Thomas, Johanna, and Kale, I don't know if I pronounced this right, set out to film a documentary on a suspected bear poacher named Hans. They stalk him around the countryside as he rebuffs their curiosity. But one night, as they are following him through the woods, their lives change as he comes running through the trees and factually screams, TROLL! It turns out that Hans has not illegally been hunting bears, but instead has been employed by the government to hunt trolls. Yes, dear listener, it turns out that trolls do in fact exist, and the Norwegian government wishes to keep it a secret. And so they hire Hans to hunt any trolls that get out of hand. Ringlefinch, Mountain Kings, you name it. If it's a troll, Hans will kill it if the government wants him to. 
Hans is trailed by the government agency known as the Troll Security Services, who covers up after him in order to deceive the public. But Hans is sick of this shit job and decides to use this film crew to expose the existence of trolls to the public. The crew document Hans as he travels across Norway investigating what has recently riled up all the trolls. During this documentary, Thomas gets a little bit bitten, Hans gets thrown around by a troll while cosplaying as a knight, Kale gets eaten by a pack of trolls because he's Christian, and they all experiment to find out if Kale's replacement will be in danger due, due to her Muslim faith. Ultimately, they find out that the reason the trolls are partying across the countryside is because they all got rabies from a giant 200-foot-tall Jotnar. As Hans kills this troll with a light bazooka, the Troll Security Services pulls up to confiscate the tapes from the, doc- from the documentary crew, and the crew is never seen again. Also, Thomas has rabies. The end. Directed by Andre Overdahl, with comedian Otto Jesperson as Hans the Fearless Titular Troll Hunter. Comedian Hans Morton Hansen as Finn, the nerd-ass TSS bureaucrat. Thomas Alf Larson as Kale, the dumbass who definitely should have admitted he's Christian. Johanna Mork as the obviously not-Christian Johanna. And Glenn Erlon Tosterud as Rabid Thomas. So remember, praise the sun, don't be Christian, and never forget that Lort is troll spelled backwards. It's Troll Hunter, baby! And I smell the blood of a Christian rabbit. Nice. I, I want to point out, since I think we've been leading into the no gods thing way harder than we ever intended <laughs> to, with the, like, smoking weed out of Bible pages last time and then this. So I just want to point out that these are jokes. If you believe whatever you want to believe, I don't actually dislike. <laughs> I don't. I, I just want to make That's that a good clear. point. <laughs> Maybe everyone's going to think that we're, like, uh, edgy atheists or something. Yeah, right? Like, Dawkins stands? No. I uh, yeah. <laughs> used to go to Christian Anarchist Bible study because I find it interesting. Charlie loves Tolstoy. Um, I went with you once. Oh, yeah. To the Bible study. Yeah. I'm saying, oh, yeah, but I, I don't remember that. But I'm glad you went with me. That's great. Thank you. <laughs> um, it's been over a decade. I, yeah, that's the only reason. Um Sweet. Okay, so this is the first movie we're watching that's not in our, like, chronological list of movies. We're trying to switch it up every once in a while and just watch one that one of us picks. And this was your pick, Charlie. So if we're talking about, like, our general thoughts and feelings, I was kind of curious, what made you pick Troll Hunter? So have you ever seen Troll Hunter before? This is your first time, right? This was my first, second, and third time. I fucking love this movie, but no, I had never seen it. Yeah, I watched this back when it first came out for streaming so probably like 2011 2012 somewhere around then and i remember i really liked it but i haven't watched it since and it's been due for a rewatch i was looking at my list and at first i was gonna choose something that i really like and have history with but i decided i'd rather wait till we were uh more experienced podcasters so i picked something that i've been wanting to rewatch and uh i remember liking and i think uh it'd be cool also i figured when we go public there's gonna maybe there's gonna be some trolls annoying us so i want them to know that we've studied the art of troll hunting so nice (laughs) 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 that's which is the sound of not being shot but a light going off to turn trolls to stone 
and then a shotgun shooting to blow up the stone. Yeah, I my general thoughts are that this movie fucking rules. This is in my top five giant monster movies already. I it's just fucking great. I love it. I don't really know what to say. Like it hits almost every button I have. It's definitely my favorite found footage movie. It's just fucking awesome. And I'm like dying for them to make another one. I don't think they will, but I just want them to so bad. But um, how, besides what you said, uh, how do you how do you do you have any other general thoughts and feelings? Well, it's pretty impressive that they hit all of your buttons because you have a lot of buttons. I know that personally. Thank you. Uh, yeah, about the sequel. I mean, watching this, I was thinking a sequel would be cool, but it's like such a great uh, concept for a TV show. Oh, like just like following Hans around the Norwegian countryside, just like it could be like a prequel series or whatever, just him just documenting the different ways he kills all these, he hunts these trolls down. It would be pretty, really cool. And they could explore his relationship with a veterinarian more. And uh, yeah, I think that would, it, it's, I think it's a better, I'd much rather have a TV series than a sequel as much as I would love a sequel. That makes a lot of sense. I think I'm with you on that. Um, First, I was hoping to talk about general filmmaking stuff. Uh, the The main thing I wanted to talk about was just like the format, the found footage format. What did you, how'd you, how'd you think it worked? What do you think of, first of all, what do you think of found footage movies in, in general? Like, what are your thoughts not including this movie? I, I like found footage films. Um, there's a lot of people that don't like found footage films, but there's plenty of all-time bangers in the genre, so... I mean, yeah, there's some bad ones, but any type of film you can there's family tons of tons of bad ones. Uh but yeah, I mean there's lots of great found footage films. Man Bites Dog. I don't know if you ever saw that, the So I think the only found footage films I've seen are this, Blair Witch, and Cloverfield. I can't think of any others. Maybe there's others. And of those, this is by far the best, although those both do it well. Um Man Bites Dog is like a Belgian film from the 90s. Like a documentary crew follows a serial killer. And like as it goes on, they get more and more complicit in his crimes. Oh, I, that's cool. I just watched uh, Record of Sweet Murder uh, last night, which is a Japanese found footage film. Um, the director who did that, he's done multiple found footage films. The other one of his I've seen, No Roy. Both that and Record of Sweet Murder are fucking fantastic films uh i really need to check out some of his other stuff uh the mcpherson tape i think you'd really like it's one from the 80s it's like uh is it shot on video no budget movie where basically this guy is um filming his niece's uh birthday celebration with their family and all of a sudden uh, aliens come and it's really I mean, it's not like a fantastic movie, but it's really fun to watch and see this creativity of this person who has no budget making this really cool kind of uh, alien sequence. But yeah, uh, I there's plenty of great found footage films. Uh, Hell yeah. So yeah, I'm fine with the genre. How do you feel about how they used it in this? Because I think the way they introduced it and like the ending, all of it, like I think it added so much that wouldn't have been there without it. Yeah, I thought they used it great, and I, I thought they used it perfectly. I liked one of the main complaints about found footage is like, oh, the just the runny, shaking camera, mm-hmm. and not 
and no focus on what they're actually scared of. Um, but this film completely sidesteps that they there's no real it's very rarely like a running shaky camera they they show the monsters that they're looking at um and when they do it like when they do the running shaky i feel like they do it so perfectly like the first time we see a troll it's not what i was expecting i was expecting like with most found footage like you're saying like we'd see a, a quick flash of something as it was moving but it's like a still shot where it walks straight into the frame and you see it and then when it growls and they start running, this camera drops and they start running. It's so perfect. Like, yeah. I feel like they, they perfectly utilize that. Um, yeah. I, just say, I remember seeing uh, Cloverfield with um, one of my old roommates and he got, uh, like, nauseous and had to, like, walk out and, like, throw up because of how shaky the camera was throughout. And I that would not have happened while he was watching uh, uh, yeah. this movie. Totally. Did you know Shin Godzilla was originally supposed to be found footage film? No, that's interesting. They they kept a little bit of it on the when it's the the second form, like the the really goofy form crawling through the city. The best form. <laughs> um, you can see there's some found footage stuff that made it in. You know, like there's people carrying cameras in the subways and stuff. But that was going to be the whole format. I thought that was kind of interesting. They probably watched this and Cloverfield, and all that shit, and thought, mm-hmm. oh, that worked really well, because I feel like it does work well for these. The Oh, yeah, so I really liked not only that it was found footage, but I liked the, I mean, they do this a lot, but I think Blair Witch does this, but I haven't seen it since theaters, where the intro text says, like, we found this footage and we're not sure it's real or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that was great, and then the ending footage with the Prime Minister was just such a cool <laughs> kind of twist on that. Like, it wasn't found footage, but it was, right? It's just, like, TV footage that presumably they cut in um, yeah but i thought that worked really good do you do you know like the story behind that footage he was talking about some something that was called troll something and then they edited yeah. it to make it sound like he was just talking about trolls was it like an oil field or yeah so they he the actual statement which is all really his voice that's the real prime minister of norway talking about people complaining about power lines and the politics around that and then when they cut away they took a line from him mentioning at a different time the troll oil fields and put the word troll from that into it so everything else was right but gotcha. that word that's a lot of fun it's so fun and it like <laughs> i thought this movie was great before diving into stuff like that but if you if we were aware of norwegian politics i think this movie would be even better which just shows there's so many things that I didn't pick up on the first watch. Like, and this movie was still amazing. It's probably was fucking so awesome to know all that stuff and watch it the first time. For sure. Um, One other thing that I thought was really awesome that I didn't pick up till my third watch was playing into the found footage thing. Um, All the music in the movie is just stuff that they pick up on the radio while they're driving or like stuff happening in the background. There's no actual like music put in. I thought that worked super well for this movie. Yeah, that worked great. Um, but you're ignoring the song in the credits. But besides okay, that, you're, you're right. <laughs> what the the like metal song? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. No, you're right. How do we know that wasn't on the radio and that the? That's that's a good point. Maybe that's what the truck driver at the end was listening to. Or maybe that's what happened to the kids. They just started a metal band. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. It's funny reading interviews with him where. Like, the interviewer will bring up the Blair Witch Project, which, by the way, is another film that 
I saw it when it came out in theaters. I don't think I've seen it since, but I imagine it holds up pretty well. I imagine it's a good film. Yeah. Um, they used found footage really well. Like, that was the perfect format for that. Yeah. It didn't feel like a gimmick. It felt like just like this part of the integrity of the movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, a lot of when they're interviewing the director, they'll bring up Blair Witch Project, and he's like, yeah, I haven't seen that since it was in theaters and i intentionally didn't want to watch that before making this and it really doesn't feel like it's in the same genre as blair witch like it's just such a completely different way that he goes about the found footage where it feels like it's like blair witch if i remember correctly it feels like it's just a bunch of random teenagers kind of just like oh let's go out and film this and then this feels like it's actually made by people that want to put together something professionally done the way it's just i mean what we see through the camera it's all like pretty well filmed for the most part and there i don't know it's just has this completely different vibe and yeah he talks about how he was not influenced really by the blair witch projects but more specifically movies like indiana jones uh jurassic park uh really movies that you would not kind of expect a found footage film to be inspired by yeah and i do think just like you were saying earlier like blair witch the way it worked really well for that was that you couldn't see what was happening yeah but in this they did a good mix of at using that format to add mystery and suspense but also showing us exactly what was happening at certain points which was i feel like such a good balance all right dude let's talk about some fucking trolls we got some handsome, some handsome f- fellows and fellaettes. Fellaettes, yeah. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I um, we don't. We don't need to. As with most kaiju things, we don't need to speculate on the gender of these giant monsters. I, I know. Well, I was trying to think of what the female version of fellows. Fellaettes. We all know this. Okay. <laughs> all right. Are you down to kind of just go through them sequentially? There's basically like five encounters. Yes, I am. So, okay, so there's the first encounter where we don't see anything. We don't see what troll it is. I assume that it's actually the Wrigglefinch. Yeah, it's either got to be that or the Tasha lad, but there's really, we don't really know. Um, he's hunting the Wrigglefinch at the time, but then the next day he comes across the Tasha lad while he's hunting the Wrigglefinch. So, yeah, I guess it could be either or. And is it Wrigglefinch or Wrigglefinch? I thought it was Wrigglefinch. You wrote down in the outlined Wrigglefinch. And I thought that was because I kept saying Wrigglefinch Finch and then was realized I was wrong, but I don't know. Well, we should probably mention, I guess, one of the the names, it's interesting that the names were made up by the filmmakers, but they're making up names for different types of trolls that appear in the old uh, Norwegian folktales, and they were just kind of like adding to the lore, which I think is pretty fucking cool. I think they made up one themselves but the rest are all based on ones from the old folktales i don't know i just thought that was kind of cool i love the blending of those things i thought okay i think when i read specifically an interview where he's he says that there in folklore there aren't different species but maybe he just meant by that is that there's no specific differentiation between them i think what it is is that in the folktales their trolls are just different from one story to another sometimes they're human sized sometimes they're big Whatever they're just different. Sometimes they I do see. have a bunch of heads. So you're but saying they base this... they base the species on different 
trolls that appear in different stories. I see. What exactly. You're yeah. So they're like turning it into a um, basically trying to get these stories that aren't consistent because there's not one mm-hmm. idea of what trolls are and make them into like this ecosystem of troll lore. You know what I mean? Yeah. The stories that they're based on are mostly the ones by, and I'm going to pronounce this wrong, Asbjornsson and Mo, which they mention in the movie, but, and I watched it with my roommate who's Norwegian, um, or her family's, like, heritage is from there, and she had this book of fairy tales, so I started checking them out a little bit, and they're very clearly different, as they say in the movie, like, they don't wear clothes, they don't talk, like, the the trolls are very human-y in in the fairy tales, but I loved how they kind of like talked about them as species and tried to like rationalize scientifically them turning into stone by saying that the light makes calcium and calcifies them. I thought that was such a cool, I don't know. I loved the lore in this movie. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I'd make such a great TV show. It's just the, the building of this lore. It'd be cool to see them delve into that more and more. Um, which obviously you could do with a sequel as well, but I just feel like a TV show would give more avenue to explore different, the different species. Um, totally. But yeah, I loved the the lore. I loved how they took such so much influence from the uh, from fairy tales. I didn't really read up on the fairy tales like you did, but from my basic knowledge, um, I only read two, and they were pretty short. And they were the trolls didn't play a huge like the trolls were just like. Like a, a a kid named that Ash Lad, I think, who's like a main character in a lot of yeah, and Evil Dead. Tales. What'd you say? From the Evil Dead, the Ash oh, yeah. Lad. Ash from Evil Dead, exactly. Would basically just be getting into trouble with these trolls and have to like outsmart them. But yeah, I I really loved the the incorporating fairy tales thing, trying to explain it, talking about how they're mammals and and all these things. Um, and I also really loved the, I love anything that makes things that I think of normal in life seem extraordinary. So I really loved the, like, like when the first one turns to stone, he breaks it up and it's a pile of rocks. And I'm like, oh man, if I come across a pile of rocks, it's going to feel like maybe that was a troll. <laughs> this or is like, a fucking troll. <laughs> yeah. Or like that battlefield he said between the mountain trolls and the wood trolls. It's just boulders in a field, but it like makes it feel like, oh, this is evidence of that. Or even um the, uh like, scientists or the the uh farmers being like oh this is this is a tornado this is a whatever like like natural occurrences being explained through supernatural or uh, fairy tale things was just fucking great i loved that uh yeah i liked how he has in his uh trailer he has like a bunch of local newspapers and they're like why do you have these newspapers and he tells them because he's like looking at what events uh, were probably caused by trolls, and he has like drawings like what he thinks happened. There's like a bridge that was mysteriously destroyed, and he's like, "Well, this was obviously by a troll walking underneath it, and his head rammed into it." Just stand it up or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, uh, in terms of you coming across a bunch of rocks uh, and thinking it might be a troll, I mean, aren't trolls native to Norway? Like. Yeah, when I'm chilling have, in Norway. Do we have trolls in America? Oh, okay. I <laughs> no, I just mean the same way that, like... No, I get what you're saying. I was trying to be be humorous, but I'm not I know, I got that. it. I just... No, I got that. I'm just trying to tie it into our uh, the ongoing thread throughout this podcast mm-hmm. that you and I are 
cryptozoologist and that <laughs> uh i like the idea of walking around and seeing signs of the supernatural in the woods and stuff you know mm-hmm. so okay so the first troll encounter where we don't know what troll it was but it's all just leading up to it i don't know i just thought that that was a great like you mentioned him going troll and then there's like the flashing lights in the background and you don't know what yeah. the flashing lights are for yet and i just thought there was so oh and then the, their car is smashed and the we i didn't notice the first time but the tires are gone yeah same here like, i i took a note of that in my notes i was like oh the tires are gone this time <laughs> i i'm because i didn't notice the first time i watched it that the tires are totally gone. yeah yeah, I feel like this movie is just peppered with those kind of little things. It's so it. I feel like found footage things often to me feel kind of just like like they're not thought out haphazard. Like it would be easy, but that's mm-hmm. not the approach in this at all. And maybe that's not true at all. And just a thing I assume of found footage movies. But this one, there's so many little details everywhere that you can just watch it over and over and keep picking up on stuff. One thing about the first encounter I thought was funny was uh, Thomas being bitten. Uh, because the bite doesn't seem that bad. <laughs> like I would think a troll bite would be a lot worse. And then he he's he thinks it's a bear bite at first. And it's like I think no, a what? bear bite would be a lot worse. <laughs> also, how do you get bitten by a bear or a troll and have yeah. no way not see it and outrun? Yeah. Like, that to me is by far the most not really thought out or not believable part of the movie. It was a little yeah. Weird. The whole rabies strand with Thomas, like, there was really no need for that overall. It had no real endpoint to it, and, yeah, I don't know. I feel like that could have been uh, excised from the film overall. I I think I can see what you're saying with that, but I do, on, like, a second rewatch, or on, a, on the rewatch, I realized the reason that I think I like it is that he's mentioning himself feeling like shit over and over and over like i didn't put that together so then when you find out they have rabies it's not like a Ex mahina like oh we explained it through one line it's like something they're building towards if that makes sense that's um, a good point yeah so i kind of appreciate that but i do think i, I don't know i'm okay. just thinking about his character arc specifically like doesn't really have much bearing on what happens to him like yeah he gets sick and it feels yes. like shit but it never really has much bearing on the plot but you're you're right that uh, it does kind of eliminate the how do you pronounce it? Deus ex machina. Uh, yeah, Deus ex machina. Um, yeah, or yeah, it's it makes it all feel more believable and part of the world. And yeah, I do I do agree with you about the character arc. And I do think when we talk about characters, maybe one of the things about this film that's lacking compared to everything else is character arcs. Yeah. All right, what about when we finally see a troll? The How do you think it is? Tosser lad? Yeah, which makes it, it sounds like British slang. <laughs> I was about to try to do it, but I'm so bad at a British slang. <laughs> yeah, me too. So, I'm so bad. <laughs> um, I thought that, so the first encounter was kind of a lead up to this, and then the lead up within this encounter was just so great. Like, they don't believe it. They think it's a joke. They're not taking it seriously. Then you hear the growl. Then there's that awesome vibrating plant effect, and then the trees are falling, and then it just steps right into the camera, and as I said, it, like, then it growls, and they have to run, and it drops. I thought all of that was such a way to, like, like, it was fun and kind of scary and exciting at the same time. I loved that. 
Uh, yep. I agree. Yeah, not only do they think it's a joke, they think, they're like sitting out there for a while and they think, oh, this is just, this is, Ashton Kutcher's gonna show up and this is all just a big old prank on us. Like, they think it's like a huge thing where the, this guy's just, just having this big prank on them. And then all of a sudden the troll shows up and it's this fucking huge three-headed beast and they're just like, oh shit, this guy wasn't fucking around. And I feel totally. like, I feel like Hans wanted to prove to them that it was real because, like, he could have had it all set up more easily where he could have more easily defeated the troll, where he could have let it right to the car and then gone immediately to the car and flashed it. But, Mm. like, there's a whole sequence in between where it seems like he wants them to kind of, like, experience, yeah, this is a fucking troll. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. Because he's tired of doing this all alone and not being taken seriously and these fucking snotty kids. Yeah. Uh, I think he, I mean, I don't think he like dislikes them, but I think he's like, you got to really know. So that I don't have to go through all this and then have you be like, I'm not sure. Or like, (laughs) yeah, you got to be in it with me. And I feel like when they're being pursued through the woods, it's not like scary. Like I wasn't scared watching it like an actual scary movie, but it, it was very well done as a scary scene. I worried for them. And I thought one of the ways they used the fact that it was supposed to be like amateurish people doing uh, found footage that worked really well here was switching between regular and night vision and how they used mm. that to reveal this fucking thing was so close to them. Like that just, it came across really well to me. Yeah. I love the use of night, of night vision in this. Uh, Cause like sometimes it'll be like, you can't, because same with the uh, Ringle Finch and the the Moomins, or it's like you, not the Moomins, the mountain, <laughs> the mountain kings. You haven't written as Moomins in the. They call them Moomins in my. Do they? It, I mean, in in the subtitles I have, they call them Moomins multiple times, and Moomins are, I don't know, that's what they call them in in the subtitles I had. I mean, I torn. Oh, them maybe they time. are in the subtitles I had. They just refer to them as mountain Kings. Um, I might never say mountain Kings. Interesting. I don't think they ever said Moomins in mine. I um, mean, just for transparency. I mean, a lot of times when people do these podcasts, they talk, cause it, especially with the Japanese kaiju ones, we talk about like which version we watch. So we should probably, maybe it's a good time to mention. Yeah. I torrented this and I went through 12 different torrented subtitles. The 12th one was the one that actually matched up. Um, yeah. It seemed really good throughout. I was very impressed with it, but that is something obviously that shows a difference between yours and mine. Yeah, I watched the version on Hoopla. Okay. Which is like a streaming service I'd recommend to everybody. You can, if you have a library card, then you can get Hoopla and then you get like something like 10 free streams a month. Um, Hell it's yeah. pretty neat. But uh, well, what what brought us to that? Oh, how the night oh vision yeah, I was talking about that. the night vision. I I like that sometimes. Like you can't, you're not really sure what you're looking at, um, and you can't really see things. And then it'll switch into night vision, and you have a kind of a clear view of like, oh shit, that's that's a fucking troll. <laughs> um, totally. But yeah, I thought that was a really. I think they really utilized the night vision kind of neatly. Definitely. This is also the only time we see a troll actually turn to stone. And I thought, I mean, this movie didn't have a huge budget. The the fucking trolls look awesome. And that stone effect looked really fucking cool. We see the Jotnar turn to stone. The oh, you're one. right at the end. Yeah. 
You're right. Okay. Um. So there's but, two. Yeah. But he immediately collapses while this one like uh, uh retains its form. Yes, and it looks so cool. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was interesting the song that Hans played before shooting the light at him. You know what I mean? Or like that he sang, sang. I mean, he, like, yeah. I was gonna say sings. I thought he was singing. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. That was just interesting. It didn't. It didn't happen before. Yeah, I uh, wasn't sure what was going on, but then while he's he's tangling with the Jontnar, he's playing a Christian music. So I assume it was like a Christian song he was singing. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, but I don't know for sure. But I was like, what the hell is that? <laughs> totally. Um, I definitely think that the Tosser Lad was. I don't know how to put it, like. I don't want to rank them, but like my least favorite, I guess, if I, like troll design, it was like the weirdest, like this lanky, funny looking one. So it was kind of an interesting one to start with. I um, kind of agree with that, but only because I just liked all the troll design so much. Uh, exactly. They're all good. Yeah. Um, and I really liked. So the Tasha lads have multiple heads. I guess they're born with one, but then. As they age, they grow them as protuberances, which are used to scare off other trolls or to attract females. And it's a whole, they can have all different counts of heads. And I guess they only have one. You said up to nine, right? Yeah, up to nine, you're right. Yeah, and they can only have, they only have one eye in the middle head or the original head. Yeah. Oh, I didn't catch but, that. I thought it was, uh, they had two eyes, but it was only in the one center head. I thought it said um, it was, at least in the translation, the one I watched, I'm pretty sure it said just one eye. Oh, this I, is great. We can just, anything that we disagree <laughs> on, we can just say it was the translation. We're both right. <laughs> yeah, but then the asshole listeners will look it up and say that I'm wrong. In which case, <laughs> I want to remind them, I've studied the Troll Hunter movie. I know how to hunt trolls. <laughs> nice. Way to tie it back. Anything else for the uh, Tosser Lad encounter? I really like the idea of... Uh, I just think it's an idea, a, a neat idea of all these structures all over the Norwegian countryside and Hans just like demolishing them so they don't uh, retain the former trolls anymore. But I also think that... A smarter way to go about hiding from the public would be to say that Hans is like a, a artist, and these are all <laughs> sculptures of his. And then he could also probably bring in some extra money that way. And that's smart. He's, he's upset about how he doesn't, you know, he doesn't get benefits and bonuses. Well, he could bring in some more money. He just said he was an artist of troll sculptures. That's a good point. I I think that Hans might be hesitant to draw tourists into these pristine wilderness areas because he seems to be a wild man um but maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong yeah you are (laughs) okay you don't know like i do i mean we haven't really mentioned it because it's such a part of the film i just accept it right now but the people who made this i think it was very smart and interesting to like i guess trolls at least i'm assuming trolls and fairy tales don't go out in the day because they turn into stone so it was cool to like have them use UV light technology to, as a weapon against them. I just thought that was a, a cool idea. Did you just say you assume trolls and fairy? Oh, in fairy tales. Yeah. Okay, I think you said trolls and fairy tales. I was like, <laughs> I don't think fairy tales do much traveling. 
Um, yeah, I had yeah. two copies of this book, uh, but I brought one out in the sun and it just fucking exploded. <laughs> so uh, the library is pissed. That's why I can't get a Hoopla account. <laughs> Except for you told us already that your roommate gave it to you. I had two, like I said. That's why. Oh, good point. Good point. I'm stupid. You're right. I'm stupid. You're right. No, it's just different translations. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, I I loved his. Well, that was another thing about Hans that I thought was weird because they show uh, he has a shotgun and he has a landmine in his uh, in his car, but then. You never see him use any conventional weaponry. His only weapons he uses is like uh, different forms of UV light rays. He has, you know, the one on the top of his car is his mobile one. And then he has like his light bazooka. But he never uses any, like, why does he have a landmine? He doesn't use anything like that. That's a good point. I know they do mention that he was a former commando. Yeah, he was a Navy Ranger. So I hadn't thought of this until you just brought this up but maybe some of that's supposed to be like holdovers from when he first started with this because they're like oh you're a commando that's why they hired you and he's like no that's not why which like Mm. is pretty open-ended i interpreted it as like it's not why because they just did it because i was willing i was willing to do horrible things or something like it's Mm. a self-deprecating line but maybe those are holdovers from his original like like yeah shotguns landmines i don't know it's interesting Sure, but that, I mean, he's been doing this for over 40 years, so yeah, long holdovers. It would. But hey, we all got our long holdovers. Well, and it did, and we'll get to this in a second with the next scene, but it did almost feel like, it's like he was getting more and more fairy tale-y as he went. Like that armor in the next scene is so not what a commando in the Navy <laughs> have, you know? It reminded me of uh, Solaire from Dark Souls. Uh, oh, yeah. And also Praise the Sun. But totally. Anyways. Okay, so the Ringle Finch. The troll under the bridge. What we all came to expect. Gotta pay the troll toll. In ghosts. <laughs> um, I was gonna say that. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's so funny. I well, you know, same <laughs> translation. What did you think of that scene? I think you would have been more than just a little bit sore. <laughs> because uh, Hans? Yeah. Yes. He is he... fucking owned by that troll. He gets so owned. And I don't think the armor would have offered any protection. <laughs> it was cool as hell. Like, I think those effects looked so good. They just picks him up, smacks him into the ground. It's amazing. Yeah. But I was 100% sure he was dead. No part of me <laughs> thought he was okay. Yeah, because that would be the logical explanation. Totally. Um, yeah, that armor was so intense, too. Like, what? where did he get that shit? Yeah, and he's like, I hate this stuff. <laughs> uh, when he's dumping the blood, does he say that's Christian blood that he's dumping on the bridge? In my translation, yes. He says it's the where... blood of... 
Yeah, that's what I have in my notes. He says it's the blood of a Christian man. He doesn't say where it is. They don't where it's from. They don't ask where it's from. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, I guess the government has access to uh, blood banks, so they could supply him with Christian blood. <laughs> but like, but it's a bucket full. The blood of a Christian man. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. Holy <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> That's a lot of Christian man blood. That's that's yeah. a big donation. That's like a once a week pump. Uh, I bet. Uh, I bet after Kale died, uh, he went out after the other people were asleep, and he <laughs> gathered his body and uh, finished exanguating. What's the exsanguinating? Ex- yeah, all the blood from him. Makes sense. Makes sense. Okay, we haven't even talked about this actual troll. This troll is fucking cool. I thought <laughs> I loved him. Um, I love the characters characterization that he only has one arm, and that arm is fucking badass because yes, <laughs> it just grabs Hans and fucking throws him right at the ground. <laughs> yeah, this troll was like not as big as some of the other ones and bulky, but so fast moving and strong. Like yeah, I really, it was so cool. And yeah, he's definitely you would not look at him and think that. You would look at him and think, that's a slow-moving bastard. Yeah. He just is super fast. It's so interesting how, like, he doesn't even know that Hans is standing right there next to the blood, and he just, like, he just completely ignores Hans. He doesn't no- notice Hans at all. He's just, like, all into the blood, and then Hans goes, or something like that, and then all of a sudden he just, Whoo! just yeah. immediately just focuses on Hans. But it's it's weird. It's I, I really liked how he just completely ignored Hans at first and is just super focused on that blood. Cause fuck Christian blood is great. I love it. <laughs> totally. And yeah, I feel like when we see the, the, the tosser ladder or whatever, it moved exactly how I would think it would move. Um, and man, the movements in this, like they're so good. The animation, all of it is so good through the whole thing. I don't know if they did motion capture or what, but it's just so good. There's just a weight to them. Like, it's very impressive. Yeah, and this was a pretty low-budget movie. Uh, yeah. And the CGI really holds up in this. All the trolls were really great. Yeah, I, the, 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 troll, the CGI is fantastic in this. Especially, I mean, you're saying it's from 2010. Yeah, I I'm not a fan of CGI, but I thought it was it was done fantastically in this. Well, much like you said about uh, me talking about how uh, uh, the Beast from Twenty Thousand Fathoms had some cheesy stuff in it, and you're like, "Whoa, dude, we're gonna be watching monster things. You're gonna have to deal with cheesy stuff. We're gonna be watching monster things. You're gonna have to deal with a lot of CGI." That's true, <laughs> but uh, a lot of the classics don't have the CGI. <laughs> But all the new ones do. That's um, true. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like the Tosser Lad w- acted exactly like we thought it would. And then you see this the second one they show, it doesn't seem like an escalation or something because it's smaller. But I think the way they kind of escalated the fear is that it doesn't move like we thought it would. It's just like, boom, yeah. boom, like so fast. And that really... I don't know. They just were so creative with each of the different species. It was very cool. Yeah, I mean, once again, there's just... It's just so much fun because the species are all just so different from each other yeah. that it really just feels like you're encountering just a completely new monster each time. Totally. Uh, it, I mean, yeah, they're all trolls, but they they just feel like 100% completely different from each other. 
Totally. And that makes each encounter, it really heightens how much fun it is to experience it. Definitely. What do you think the red button was? Yeah, I was confused by that. I was like, is he talking about don't stop recording on the camera or oh maybe but that was like the only thing i could think of because like what the what else is the red button and in my experiencing it the first time it felt like he was talking about something on his suit like maybe like a self-destruct button but that doesn't make sense and it's never brought up again so yeah Yeah. i've never even thought of that but it being a way to show us that he cares about them getting footage would make sense in the context even though it's not what it felt like like him talking about the recording button being the red button but other than that yeah i don't know what he meant like yeah that's the, what watching it my second time I, I was like i was trying to figure that out and that was like the only thing i could come up with but yeah i have no idea the only other thing i want to say about this scene was uh when we were watching it in my house um when they put the goats out people said it seemed like a reference to jurassic park with the T-Rex, putting the goat out. I don't know that that's true, but you just mentioned that Jurassic Park was one of his influences, so that seems like it might be a thing. I haven't seen Jurassic Park in forever, so maybe. <laughs> I really Basically, can't comment, but I don't remember it. They're taking a tour through, and it's just like at a zoo, the dinosaurs aren't showing themselves. They're all far mm-hmm. away. So to try to get the T-Rex to come out so that the tour can see it, they just lift a, a, a goat, up onto the like uh, from an underground platform up to to wait for the t-rex to come so it seemed kind of interesting that they chose goats especially since the story here has so much to do with livestock being hurt and then they're willing to sacrifice livestock to find the troll it was just kind of interesting isn't there a fairy token like three billy goats or something like three billy goats gruff yes Um, and it's in this book by those people um, by, uh, hold on, I got this, Abs, Jornson, and Mo. <laughs> hold on, I think it is. Don't let, me, don't let me be a liar. I'm gonna look through it really quick. There's so many goddamn stories. About the giant troll who never carried his heart with him. There we go. The three billy goats gruff who were supposed to go to the mountain pasture to fatten up is the full name. Okay. <laughs> That's a great title. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I mean, I don't know that story, but I wonder if this was supposed to be some kind of reference to it. Totally. All right, should we move on to the cave scene? All right, let's go on to the Moomins. Also known as the Mountain Kings? Yeah, they really did not say Mountain Kings at all in yours? Never. That's so weird. I'm really interested in what, like, the official Blu-ray DVD says. Somebody uh, write us. Let us know. <laughs> yeah. Um. What do you think of this scene? Fuck Calais. I yeah, it's a good scene. Um. Yeah, they go into an abandoned mine, and it's a troll. It's been turned into a troll layer. It's a smelly piece of shit layer. They get stuck there, or they're there. The trolls start coming back home, and they have to hide. Calais. Uh, Starts freaking out because he is Christian blood. And he endangers everybody because he lied about not being a fucking Christian. And now he's endangering them and he ends up getting eaten. And you know what? I'm fine with that. Okay, so one thing that I thought was interesting that I read after watching it the first time. Is that some people think 
that the Christian blood thing is supposed to be a superstition of the of Hans, and that the movie actually doesn't prove that they like Christian blood. Follow me for a second. He's dumping blood all over the bridge, and the other and the the troll doesn't notice him until that. But he they could just be into blood. Kali gets eaten, freaking out about uh, being a Christian. But a Hans is like, don't keep sweating because he's scared because he's a Christian. So it could be the fear making him smell more. And he's in the back of the pack because he has the camera. So there's one part, and I can't remember at the end, where I was like, oh, it does seem like they're showing here that definitely is the Christian blood thing. But I can't remember what that is even. I just, re-watching it with that in mind, I was like, oh, actually... That's a totally valid interpretation that actually Christian blood isn't a thing. It's just as much a fairy tale. Um, the other things would be uh, in the beginning, in the first troll encounter, um, or the second one, I guess, with the Tosser lad, you see him sniffing around, and then later Hans is like, which one of you is fucking Christian? And then at the end, he, pl- he blasts the Christian music to, uh, to lure the troll. But again... And I, I feel you, those were the ones I was thinking of. I think it was the first one I was thinking of, but Kale is always in the back because he's the cameraman. So maybe that's why he smelled him and blasting any kind of music could draw them. We don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, that's true. You could interpret it that way, but the director has specifically talked about in interviews about Christian blood and why that's a thing. So I don't think he specifically says in any interviews I read, at least that they do hunt Christian blood, he said, I wanted to incorporate the idea that trolls like Christian blood into the movie, which it is in, in both instances, that's a true statement. Okay. I do think it's supposed to be that they can smell Christian blood, but, uh, I, I can definitely see why, how you could read it, that it's supposed to play into, uh, Hans's superstitions and general superstitions and not the actual reality. That's legit. Yeah, I don't, I just don't know for sure. I definitely originally interpreted it the way they tell us, but I it was kind yeah. of a fun, interesting No, it's definitely fun to lens. kind of read it that yeah. way. I remember in one of the interviews I read with the director, he talks about how it's basically the Christian blood thing is referring to how trolls hate Christians because before Christianity came to Norway, trolls were kind of worshipped as a deity and feared, and then when Christianity came, they lost that power over the population and they weren't worshipped anymore and they weren't they were uh, basically said the Christians told their flocks that uh, you know trolls don't exist that's a stupid pagan uh, religion and you shouldn't believe in that that pagan stuff yeah that's really interesting I also I I heard that I don't remember where I read it but that it was kind of it be the modernization like the modern take on it like them all being like no none of us are christian what are you talking about was a reference to the fact that most people in norway identify as being a member of the like christian state church but that most of them don't actually believe in it Mm -hmm. so then it was this interesting thing where like kale was kind of ashamed to admit it i don't know i'm just i grew up in goddamn america where (laughs) we're we're so fucking christian compared to europe they're all like yeah we're christian but you can't really admit that if you want to be a politician no one will take you seriously which is like the opposite (laughs) that was kind of an awesome little peek into their culture you know well i think it's also because originally he was like 
well, trolls don't exist, so yeah, I'm I'm not Christian, whatever, whatever you say. And then True. It, they start getting into it. He's like, oh shit, trolls do exist. Oh fuck, I I better run with this because, uh, oh fuck, I'm too scared to, to say that I'm actually a Christian. And yeah. Yeah. It was very interesting to me that he was so scared in the encounter before he got eaten. He kept asking for the stuff to put on him, the, mm-hmm. the troll smudge or whatever. And I didn't really understand why he was so much more scared about the fact that he was Christian than, than in the previous encounter where they had already seen that it was real. Maybe it's because he saw it smell the Christian blood. Maybe it's because they're in a fucking cave. So it's. Scary, I think it's more it just... because, yeah, they're in the abandoned mine and they're, they're kind of trapped. Uh, and then they're just like, they're super trapped in that. And they just have to kind of like wait it out and totally. starts freaking out. Well, on the, the encounter before that, he would have had room to escape, I guess. That makes sense. I definitely thought that the cave sequence. It was a funny juxtaposition where those trolls were the silliest looking, but it was also kind of the scariest sequence. Like the suspense leading yeah. up, they're trapped. And then the, sure. the really awesome shot with the, I think it's night vision again, where it flashes and they're like right there in your face. Um, but they're so cartoonish. It's a cool. Yeah, they, they look like Jim Henson creations. There. Yes. Totally. <laughs> they're like big fur balls with like platypus noses. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, beaks or whatever um yeah uh and then that that is definitely the biggest like horror like this isn't really a horror movie but there are horror elements usually yeah. in like the the sequences where the trolls are chasing and this was the the most horrorish one uh yeah i think they look back at one point it, it flashes like at some points it's like night vision at some points it's it's uh regular but then you see hans's uh light gun flashing Mm-hmm. And you see, like the That's the, the trolls appear in the flash. Yeah, that was such um, a cool shot. And they even I, I don't know if you waited until after at the end of the credits. There's like a a flash of that uh, before the the movie oh, cuts shit. out. Yeah, damn it, I did not. Awesome. Yeah, it says like no trolls or harm the creation of this movie, and then it shows like a flash of that scene, and then it it cuts out and it's over. I thought Kali's death was so cool too. Another one of those found footage things that was like hit mm. the camera just rising and they look back at it. it was so cool. Yeah. And then uh, and then the camera drops and it breaks and and I think you hear like a do you hear like a crunch or something when they I feel like you hear something too that's also very visceral and neat. Makes sense. The reactions to his death, I thought because at first they seem like they seem pretty broken up about it, uh, or not Hans, but uh, Kyla and Johanna seem broken up. But then they don't really seem Thomas that and bro- Johanna. What did I say? Kali. Oh yeah, Thomas and Johanna. Kali's uh, fucking broken up about it. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, Thomas and Johanna. They. Like, their initial reaction is, like, they're really distraught and crying, and Thomas is like, why didn't he just tell us he was Christian? But then, like, you really don't feel afterwards that they're really that upset about it. Like, they're instantly calling in another camera person, and they're not telling her what it's all about. And yeah. They're just like, oh, you're Muslim, maybe you'll be, maybe you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. It's like, even though, like, the original interrogation was... 
do you believe in God or Jesus? Like Muslims believe in the same God as, as yeah, and they believe in Jesus. They just believe in Muhammad too. Like yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, they definitely don't give her enough info. And like, I'm split between was it just that they were trying to get through and they didn't the filmmakers didn't want to dwell, to yeah, keep things going, or are they trying to say something about Thomas and Johanna like being suddenly so swept up in the mission that they're being irresponsible they're dehumanizing people including their old friend because now they're in it with hans they have to reveal this shit and it, it is it a statement about how yeah. we become worse when we have these weird missions or is it just lazy the thing with that is that they could already reveal the shit they have enough footage there's no yeah. there's no reason why they need to keep recording the interaction with the Jotnar. <laughs> like it's true but yeah, I, I uh, almost feel like they're so loyal to hans at that moment at that point yeah and they're just like they just want to keep going they're super into it no i i, I get that but man that's sucks for malika yeah. <laughs> definitely does it's not cool okay giant mountain troll the Jotnar. Jotnar. yeah uh He's he's a or they're a big troll, a hefty one. They're a hefty. I mean, uh, I want at before they encounter it, uh, uh, Hans uh, pontificates that he thinks it might be a two hundred foot troll. So that's a that's a biggie. Yeah, he also says earlier that he's the only one that's ever seen Jotnar. So these are kind of more rare trolls, and they're just the super huge fucking giants. And they're way farther up north, which I don't know Norway, but I'm assuming the farther north you go, the less populated it is, just because it's so fucking far north. So it kind of makes sense. Yeah. And also it's a more snowy area that we we see them in, so... Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what I mean. I'm assuming up north because it's fucking freezing. Yeah. And apparently the Jotnars, they live inside mountains, I think they said. And oh, shit. Just talking about the monster troll himself, I thought it looked fucking dope. Like, it's just the quintessential giant fucking troll. I don't know. Yeah. And, the like, the scene going through the legs, it's so fucking big. Like, like you said, it's like 200 feet, maybe. That's bigger than the original Godzilla. Like, that's it's fucking huge. I actually, I disagree with you about it being like the original troll because I, when I think of trolls, I think of big beasts that can fit under uh, um, bridges. Like, I, I just mean the design, not the size. Okay, yeah, yeah. Design wise, yeah, it is like the most typical thing that you would think of as a troll, especially. Uh, so yeah, at this point, we find out that this is the originator of the rabies throughout the troll species. Uh, and he like at one later in the interaction he's like hunched over and he's like roaring and you can tell that he's like feeling sick and you kind of feel a little sympathy for the boy or girl or yeah i think they do quite a few things to make it feel sympathy it's like there's all the stuff you just said plus like he's called a mountain troll and he looks kind of like a mountain like he just feels like he's supposed to be there like he's a part of the natural environment that we're going to kill you know what i mm -hmm. mean Kind of like yeah. how the power lines are an invasive part of the... Like, he's just supposed to be there. And, like, this, the seismologist that they pick up kind of proves that, too. It's like we're studying these natural occurrences that are all 
supposed to be there and we're ruining it. Well, it's even at this point, uh, they, this is in the trolls territory. Yes. So Hans mentions earlier that like he hunts trolls that get out of their territories and that's what his usual job is. And it's usually not as common as we see in this movie, but something's going on. So there's lots of trolls out of the territory, but this is a part where he goes into the trolls territory and they ask him, you know, why don't you, you like going into trolls territory? He talks about how he massacred some trolls earlier, but yeah, so you're right about this being just like a part of, a part of like the, the surrounding nature is like, yeah, this is specifically they've, the government has recognized that this is a troll territory and that they're not supposed to go in, go here. So it does make it more sympathetic. It's like, come on, we don't need to conquer all the globe. Get the fuck out. Like, yeah. Also, like, it's kind of interesting that I hadn't thought of this till you said this. And by the way, my neighbors are just firing off assault rifles right now. So if you're hearing that on the audio, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, one of the things I hadn't thought of till you said this was that, like, we'll get into the power line politics, but they were using these fake power lines as barriers to keep trolls out before the whole rabies incident. So it almost makes me think, like, not only is this the troll territory, but everything was troll territory. And this is the last of what they have left that, like, the government has let them have. This is the area that we've been like, we'll stay out of. Don't come into where we are. Like, so not only is this their territory now, but it's like fucking almost like a reservation kind of thing. It's like, yeah, like I was about to say, it's like, it's like with uh, native uh, North Americans, uh, the indigenous population where, you know, the government just kept making deals like, okay, you can have this area. And then later they'd be like, ah, oh, we're going to take this over. And they'd be like, okay, well you can have this area. And then yeah. the government says, no, we're going to take this over. Like that's does seem, cause they talk about, like I said, he talks about the massacre he was involved in in the 70s where uh, people decided to start building tunnels through this troll territory and they tried to prevent it, but they weren't able to. So he had to go in and just kill off all the trolls. And um, Yeah, and he mentions killing adults, yeah. younglings. Yeah. I think he says, uh, like, I mean, he says women. I think he says pregnant. Yeah, he one, says like, pregnant trolls, newborn trolls who couldn't even walk yet. Uh, and he was tasked with killing them all. Yeah, there's definitely he's definitely talking about genocide and then mm. they're given like this little bit of territory. So it's yeah, by the end you really sympathize with the trolls, I think. And I don't know about you, but so I didn't know anything about this movie except that people love it and the poster for a long time, for like 10 years. And I definitely thought it was going to be a very different movie. I thought it was going to be like a very cheesy over the top movie and i kind of i do kind of wish that this troll wasn't on the cover on the posters because it would have been a way cooler reveal but i was waiting for the giant troll the whole time i don't know it was a it was a little bit of a like i get why they did it you got to get butts in the seats but for me i was like the whole time i'm like oh they're gonna get to a giant troll once they go to the snow Um, (laughs) i love that sequence but that it was a I I wish it had been a surprise like oh shit those trolls can be huge like that would have given me an excitement that was taken away by the fact that I thought this movie was just a movie about huge trolls until I watched it. Uh, that's a good point. Um, that does make sense. I don't. I wasn't looking at it that way because, like I said, I saw this like 
a little bit after it came out. Yeah. So I I can't tell you what I thought about it, you know, uh, 13 years ago or 10 years. Yeah, I guess it would have been 10 years ago. Yeah. But that, that makes total sense that the poster does probably uh, give a little bit too much away. Yeah, for sure. But still, I fucking love this scene. And I guess we'll get into the human elements a bit later. But the the whole, the flashing of him giving doses of it, like, I definitely didn't <laughs> think it was going to work. Like, he kept being like, I have to yeah, give I know. doses. I'm like, that's not how UV works. And then he shoots the bazooka out of nowhere and then it shatters. <laughs> and it's like, okay, but- I guess you did know. <laughs> That made me think, like, why didn't you just shoot it with a bazooka in the first place? <laughs> Interesting, yeah. <laughs> Seems like a lot easier. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cool, well, anything else about monsters or effects in general before we start talking about characters? Uh, not really, I'm just kind of interested. What was your favorite troll? It's probably a tie between this mountain troll and the Ringlefitch. Or the Ringlefitch. I think the Ringlefitch has really cool it's an awesome design i love that and sometime in his life he lost one arm i love how fast it moves and stuff but this one's the one that i think really and it's it's cool it's giant and it, it as a kaiju fan of course like it's fucking giant but also it, it kind of as we were saying incorporates a lot of the themes of this movie into just its character design and its actions and so my my heart's with this one, if that makes sense. But they're both both of those are definitely the ones I like the best. But they're all great, as you said. Yeah. Another thing I like about the Jotnar is that he's kind of like we talk about. He's more sympathetic and like there's like a, there's a depressing quality to him, which really matches the kind of desolate landscape of the just like barren snow snowdropped area that he he lives in and i think that's kind of a really cool match between him and the scenery that he's in we do all know that you love movies with snow (laughs) i Um, do including the thing i uh yeah i agree with that and i think also like this one of the themes i think this movie has is just talking about how in our current culture we prioritize domestication and livestock over wilderness right like they're constantly going to check things out because animals were slaughtered and farmers are upset and these wild animals are killing them but even in this like the other trolls have all been even by societal standards guilty of something not that i agree that that's something we should prioritize like i think wolves are more important than livestock i think vital ecosystems thriving ecosystems are more important than raising fucking pigs but even if you don't have that kind of analysis this what's it called the mountain troll jolantor the jotnar jotnar even by these cultural standards, did nothing wrong. It's not going around ruining people's livelihoods. It's just walking around the mountains. Well, and this was this specific one has uh, caused a rabies ep- epidemic within the troll. Um, sure. Fabric. No, done nothing consciously, I guess. Um, True. And I mean, I I'm fully on board with you because I believe you that it's just something I missed, but I didn't understand before talking to you right now, that he was the source. I just thought he said, oh, this one has rabies. The rabies might have spread to all of them. I didn't think that meant he was necessarily the source, just that rabies was spreading to trolls. I thought that they were saying he was the source, but I was kind of confused by that because I was like, how do they know that he's the source? Uh, 
But yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what the plot was supposed to be. I'm pretty sure that's what they were saying, was that this was the uh, typhoid Mary of the the rabies epidemic. That reference was over my head. Oh, well. I'm pretty sure this was the rabies Mary of this rabies epidemic. Oh, got it. Okay, got it. (laughs) All right, should we move on to characters? Let's move on to characters. So, there's only a few characters that I feel like we need to talk about. First, just the general crew. Thomas, Johanna, and Kale. I think it's really fun that in the beginning they make it very clear these filmmakers do not know what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, they are college students. Yeah. So... But I, I just think that it's great that we're... I don't know, it's kind of a meta-narrative. Like, we're watching a movie made by people who don't know how to make movies, but it's uh-huh. cut in a way where it's a great movie. Like, Kali's trying to figure out the camera in the beginning. Johanna sets up the mic and then runs really awkwardly away from the trailer in a very conspicuous way. Thomas is like, I'm going to do this interview with Hans and then doesn't know what to say. And Kali is hiding and Hans catches him immediately. Like, they don't do anything right in the beginning. And I thought that was kind of, I don't know, it was funny. It was well done. I thought it was funny. I was, like, things I had read, like, reviews or they'd bring up how, like, oh... They're stalking uh, Hans, and they they say like a negative thing, and I was like, "Well, they think he's a bear poacher, so yeah. it's not, it's really not that bad." And I was thinking like, "Are you mad at like Roger Moore for stalking like the the head of uh, uh, GM in you General mean Motors?" Moore? Or Michael Moore. What did I? Rog, I said which Roger they Moore. Me- you said Roger Moore, but yeah, which they yeah mentioned. I know yeah. So that's what I'm bringing up is that are you mad at Michael Moore for stalking the head of uh, General Motors? And then they bring up in the movie did did Ro- did Michael Moore quit after yeah <laughs> after not being able to find him? I was like oh shit. <laughs> I, yeah, and I think that kind of adds to the funniness of like I'm trying to be the next Michael Moore. But when I confront somebody, I have no idea what to say. Yeah. <laughs> like Michael Moore, who, like, I haven't watched one of his movies in a long time, but, like, for instance, in Fahrenheit 9-11 or Bowling for Columbine? No, I think it's probably Fahrenheit 9-11 where he's, like, confronting the Congress people about uh, if they'd send their kids off to war. He knows yeah, exactly Fahrenheit. what to say. He knows how to corner them and catch them off guard. And Hans just has Thomas's number immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Thomas is, it's he's such a funny character because he's, I know this probably isn't it, but it just feels like a a comment on like like white male privilege that like he's just the default leader, even though he has no qualities that should make him such. He doesn't have to work the camera, he doesn't have to hold the boom mic, but he also brings nothing really. You know? Yeah. I mean I think it's basically just he's the person on camera and that automatically to a lot of people makes makes that person considered like the leader. Yeah, because they're totally. the, they're the face of the project, I guess. Yeah, they're like, we're really scared of these fucking trolls. Should we <laughs> go? And he's like, no, we shouldn't. And they're like, oh shit, I guess we gotta follow him. <laughs> he's our leader just because he is. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, Johanna seems to be equally into it as much as Thomas's. Uh, There's some scenes where her and Kali are saying, I don't know if we should go, and Thomas says we should go, for sure. But she gets Okay. Yeah. I mentioned earlier, I think one of the things that this movie doesn't have much of are character arcs. I could argue that Hans 
has the biggest one, but that it happens very early with a little bit of sprinkling more on the end. I do think that Thomas and Johanna make changes, but they're not an arc in a way that like really matters. They just switch from like wanting to do one thing to wanting to do another, believing or not believing. So yeah, I honestly like didn't have much to say more about what we said about Thomas and don't have really almost anything to say about Johanna and Kali. I'm interested if you do, but I specifically wrote notes about them because you put that on the outline, but like I really was just like there really isn't much to say. For transparency, my outline with this filled in says Thomas, driving the whole thing default leader for no reason, wants to be Michael Moore. <laughs> Johanna and Kali, <laughs> not much to say. Malika, they don't tell her enough. She's pretty normal about the Muslim questioning and we'll see what happens line. Maybe a s- comment about racism in Norway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is funny about Malika. They're like, is, is, is her being Muslim okay? <laughs> She's just like, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 you kind of, in a, in a mostly white country, you just have to expect people to have that horrible, like, oh, you're Muslim? Mm-hmm. I guess that'll be fine. That's just a normal thing she hears every fucking day. Or like, where are yeah. you from? What's your background? Like, just having to deal with the bullshit. To me, that explained away her being like, oh, these people are just as mildly racist as everyone I run into. <laughs> you know, so I'm not going to question it. It's not about trolls. They're just being weird white people is how I interpreted it. Yeah, that's probably very true. Um, I didn't think of it through that level, but I definitely should have because, yeah, I assume that, uh, that, yeah, there aren't many brown-skinned people in Norway. There aren't many Muslims in Norway. There aren't many non-white, non-Christians or non-atheist people in Norway. I did like how Johanna knew the most about troll folklore out of all of them. I thought it was, I didn't fully get it, but I thought it was funny that uh, Hans is like, she's obviously not Christian. Like, <laughs> why is she obviously not Christian? I guess because she knew more about troll folklore than the others, but like... Which would line the, up with your saying that the Christians pushed the trolls to the sidelines kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I didn't even notice that line. Yeah, I uh, I noted that a couple times because I thought that was very... I mean, maybe different translations, who knows? Maybe it wasn't in your version. I I think mostly they're lining up. I think getting the names of trolls different makes sense for a translation mistake. Um, It happens when, um, after the first, uh, after the encounter with the Tosser lad, when uh, the Tosser lad's sniffing around, and Hans is like, one of you is Christian, which one of you is Christian? And then he's like, well, I know she's obviously not Christian. And it's like, why is she not obviously the one that's not Christian? I don't. Yeah, that's funny. Man, I want to interview this director with the unknowns in this. Yeah, um, yeah, I put really not much characteriz- characterization to her. Yeah, same um, with Kali. There's just. Yeah, I mean, it also doesn't help with uh, her Kali and Malika is that they're specifically supposed to be off-camera people. Yeah. So she's specifically supposed to be the audio person. Kale and Malika are specifically supposed to be the camera people. So obviously we're not going to get as much from them as characters as we are going to get with Thomas and Hans. That makes sense. Um, Do you have anything to say about Malika? I feel like we covered everything that there is to cover. She's barely in the movie. Yeah, there really isn't much here. And like, it starts out where it seems like maybe there will be, where... 
as soon as she's introduced, they kind of like they're they really like get a lot out of her. They're like, oh, what what have you shot before? And she talks about how she's shot lions, and they're like, oh, that's great because you know that must mean that she's brave and uh, uh, she thinks she's coming to shoot oxen and. Yeah, muskox, which is funny because those end up being there, but it's like as food for the things they're really. Yeah, <laughs> that's the you know, big she, monster she thinks they're going to be filming. She got her shot of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, when she first comes out, like you think that she's gonna be more of a character, but then they just completely kind of like ignore her for the rest of the movie and um, sacrifice her. Like they are guilty yeah. of killing her. Like yeah, they totally are because I can't. They don't they... explain to her at all. And and then she's like, "Oh, you you guys think trolls exist? That's ridiculous." And it's like, "Well, you could just show her the footage so that yeah, she knows. totally." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, unless it's a giant oversight, which this movie has so many beautiful small details that I I don't like to think it's an oversight. It, it's it does seem like it's showing like a dark side of Thomas Johanna and Hans of them just being so obsessed with the hunt, like Moby dicking it up that they don't care about who dies in the process, which is a bummer. Cause I do love, all, I like all these characters. I want to like them, but mm. then I'm like, Oh wow. There's finally a woman of color in the movie. Oh shit. You're just setting her up to die immediately. <laughs> yeah. Should we talk about Hans? Yeah. Let's talk about, let's talk about the main Let's talk about the absolute lad, Hans. So that's one of the things, like, there's so many things in this movie that we're we're missing a little by not being from Norway, where I guess he's a famous comedian there, and I think he mm. plays certain roles, because he said, I based it partially on Indiana Jones, partially on uh, this guy from Jaws, I can't remember, but mostly on the actor, because the uh, he's playing himself a lot, or, like, the character he plays. And I think that we... To me, this movie was probably less funny and a little scarier at the first watch because it's not like, oh, that's fucking Steve Carell. Oh, this or this Jack yeah. Black. This is going to be a lighthearted, funny thing. We It's just some dude. But to them, it's like, oh, it's fucking Jack Black. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not just him. Finn was also a comedian. Uh, yes. Who I feel like I've seen in stuff. I don't know. Um, I think the the guy that manages the power lines, he was a comedian. Okay. Um, I don't know whether or not he was, but the Polish guy seems like he'd be a comedian. I have no idea. If seems he was. like it, yeah. Yeah, I um, I thought that was an interesting choice because this isn't even if you are Norwegian, like this isn't like an outright comedy. No. Like, yeah, there are comedic elements to it, but it's not a movie you would think that would be. Uh, have a cast of comedians like i don't even think of it as a dark comedy i think of it as a found footage monster movie that has mm. comedic elements but when you look it up it's often called a mockumentary i kind of think the term mockumentary is just kind of like a catch-all for a fake documentary sure um, sure i generally think of mock when i think of mockumentary i don't think of blair witch i think of spinal tap um, for sure so i think it does lean a little bit i mean i do agree way. with that but i do think it some people will use it as a catch-all sure sure and i i generally think of mockumentaries a, a cornerstone of them being like spinal tap or the office or um uh parks and rec where there there are scenes where they're sitting and talking to the camera which doesn't happen in this but i don't know for sure 
So apparently Hans, uh, the comedian that plays him, he's a, a leftist. He was a Marxist Leninist as a as a youth, and he's generally a leftist. Apparently, he said some anti-Semitic things. Although, when I looked at the articles that talked about the anti-Semitic things, it was done by uh, Israeli right-wing um, uh, Zionist kind of publications. Oh, so, so it's it, like I don't know how much to trust that. Yeah, like, it could have been that he's anti-Semitic. It could be that he's like pro-Palestinian. Yeah, like like what he said on its bare surface from reading the quote is anti-Semitic, but I don't know, like the whole context behind it or what he's saying. And like in one of the articles I read, like they were defending, it was like the same article was talking about a uh, Palestinian children that Israeli government was treating in their hospitals, even though the kids had cheered on terrorists. And it's like, oh God, yeah, uh, you can't I trust that I, source. I can't trust the article. But and... I also, sorry, friends, am not going to trust a Marxist-Leninist or call them a leftist. So it's confusing. <laughs> well, to be fair, I think he was a Marxist-Leninist in his teens. I don't know if okay. he's still a, Mar- a Marxist-Leninist. Um, okay, fair enough. Um, and Marx and Lenin are both pretty cool. Uh, Lenin. We don't need to get into this right now. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't read up too much about him. I just kind of read some more general stuff. But I, I, I did like that he was uh, a leftist. I mean, there was something with him like burning money and stuff like that. It was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I very much hope he's not anti-Semitic. Um, <laughs> I wasn't going to bring this up, but the, the Moomin's noses made me be like, is this a thing? They hate Christians. <laughs> uh, but I hope not. I hope it's just troll lore, and I hope that he was just critical of Israel, which, you know, any yeah. real human should be. Um, yes. Yeah, I love Hans as a character. He's great. Um, I mean, we've we've brought most of this up and since we're not going to talk about the ending now there's i don't know how much more there is to say but i i just love that he has they show very clearly that he has been he's like an asset to the government he's been doing this incredibly hard work and he lives in this horrible shitty trailer he talks about having no overtime no benefits no safety and his life just sucks and he's doing shit he hates and so I love that he very quickly, like immediately, it's not even like a turn. He's just like, oh, there's a film crew. My natural instinct is to be like, no, no, no. And then as soon as like an inch is given, he's like, you know what? Fuck this job. Fuck this shit. Like, I'm yeah. just going to do what I think is right. He's awesome. Do you think he, does he even have a home or is he just a traveling troll hunter? I think he just has that trailer. I think that's his home. One thing I don't get about that is, like, he should have an immense amount of leverage with the Norwegian government where he should be able to get good pay and benefits, right? I mean, I think that's that's the whole thing is it's like, I think he knows they have power over him. Like, they're the, they're, they have the power to disappear an entire genre of species that are giant and causing de- causing devastation they could disappear him if he does anything to out them to demand more he i think he sees the state's true brutality and is too afraid to demand anything because he thinks of himself as disposable and i think when we 
catch up with him is when he's realizing, no, these kids are calling me a fucking hero. Like I am the one who, I'm the only one who's seen this. I'm the only one who's seen that. I know what I'm doing. Maybe I should push back. Maybe I am not disposable, you know? Mm -hmm. There's a ton of, I mean, he was a commando. Like there's so many people who fucking fought in wars and then they come back and they don't get fucking anything and there's nothing they can do about it. So I think he's just living in this fucking cynical reality and, and thinks I'm lucky to have a fucking job at all, you know? I mean, yeah, but it's like, hey, fuckers, I'm the only one that does this. I'm the only one that knows about this. Pay me fucking a million dollars a year, and you know what? We're fucking good. Pay me overtime. Let me have a vacation once a year, and yeah, I'll keep fucking doing it. But he's just like, yeah, this is a shit job. They don't give me benefits. It's like, how <laughs> and I mean I guess I, I wanna look up like Norway like what their general like benefits and vacations sure. are, but I know generally in Europe like it's much better than here with that type of stuff. So I mean I think a lot of this movie is the characters aren't the characters are maybe exaggerated because the characters all stand for something. Not kind you know, of I, so I know yes. I'm nitpicking. I I know I'm nitpicking, and well, is... but I I still think it's. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I think it's interesting to look at it from that lens too. He mm-hmm. represents how workers are treated under this government. Finn represents the government. The guy bringing the Polish, uh, the guy bringing the bear that turns out to be not a Scandinavian bear but a Croatian bear is represents how uh non-native like how immigrants are treated. And so I think that, yeah, you're right. It is probably a little silly and over the top because they're symbols, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely, I mean, what's the term you're supposed to suspend your disbelief. I'm definitely not suspending my disbelief and I'm just finding areas to nitpick um, just because I think it's kind of fun to examine like how like, well, obviously you should be able to, to negotiate a better pay um i do no, think no. though that this isn't i hear what you're saying but i think that there are people who get so caught up i think there's people that like at least in the u.s have crazy government secrets and are broke as fuck and living in a trailer like informants yeah. but a lot of them believe in what they're doing or they have some kind of leverage over them sure yeah i, I just feel like from what we know about this character and how afraid they are of like getting of the secret of trolls getting out. It's like, man, you have some leverage to to make your position better. He is supposed to be a stand-in for the government just shitting on a a worker who's doing their their due diligence at the command of the government, and the government's still just teaching like shit. But even if you don't take him as a symbol, I I think it could be totally reasonable to be like. Oh, my job is to cover up a two hundred foot monster. They could cover up my death like that if I push back. Um, I'm not even allowed to retire. They'll just kill me because they don't trust me with my secrets and I'm worth nothing. I don't know. I don't know because of how easy it is to get these to get a group of college students who are just stalking him to film some stuff. I feel sure. like it would be kind of easy to get some form of uh, concrete leverage um i mean i guess maybe he just hadn't decided to do that yet and that might have to do with why he decides to walk away at the end because he decided to do that and he's like ah shit 
yeah, I think we covered a lot of ground there. I think there's there's a lot of nuance to it. For <laughs> sure. Um, should we anything else about Hans before we move on? He really doesn't seem to care about these uh, filmmakers. He really doesn't give a shit about Calais dying when Malika shows up and they're like, is it okay that she's Muslim? He's like, eh, I guess we'll find out. Like he, That's true. And, and then Thomas has rabies and he's like, we need to get a hospital. And I understand that the logical thing, especially from his point of view, would be like, well, we need to deal with this fucking troll first. Yeah. But still, he, he shows like no... He like does not care at all that Thomas has rabies. Um, that's true. That's true. So I do find it. I do find that an interesting aspect to his character that uh, he doesn't seem to have that much of an emotional connection to these people and really care too much. He's more interested in them as a vehicle to getting his uh, to getting this info out there. Totally. I fully. Yeah. Definitely. Like I think that's one of the things that. Like, I really like him, but I think that that, just like with the crew, it's hard to swallow, right? How much they don't care mm. about Malika. Um, I do think it could be a part of, like, he's super self-deprecating, right? He's like, there's no, they call him a hero, and he's like, there's no heroism in this job. And then he talks about having to kill all the fucking, like, younglings and infants and pregnant people. And it's like, I think he goes in and out of realizing how much this work has damaged him and removed him taken the parts of him that might have had sympathy out of him and and made him dehumanize everybody including himself and it's like it's kind of like the giant uh i'll never remember its name the giant mountain troll at the end jotnar the jotnar at the end where you see this thing causing destruction and it's it's damaged goods he has fucking ptsd rabies you know what i mean yeah well, I mean, uh, one aspect I kind of read into this, even though I don't think it's what the filmmaker was going for. Okay. Because he talks about how he's a Navy Ranger, and then he was told by the government to massacre these people. So yeah. it's like an interesting juxtaposition to like, I mean, I don't know specifically about Norwegian uh, military adventures, but, uh, you know, from an American perspective, there's been tons of massive war crimes committed by uh, U.S. soldiers who were asked to by their by their superiors. Um, so that's kind of like a interesting avenue to to view it through. But I don't know what that would be through the Norwegian perspective. I guess. God, there's something ringing in the back of my head of some some weird conflicts Norway was involved in that I can't remember. So I. I just have to say, yes, I agree with you that I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, spreading freedom is fucking hard work, you know? Yeah. I agree. I try to do it every day, and it's hard. <laughs> All right. The last character that we were going to talk about is Finn, the quote-unquote game warden. <laughs> but actually, he's part of the TSS which you were calling the Troll Security Service, I have written down as the Troll Secret Service. I don't know if that's a translation error or a me thinking in American terms error. I'm pretty sure in my movie it was a security service. But... Both work. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's both part work. of their secrecy and security. Yeah. Is the ambiguity of the name. <laughs> so... Uh, Finn. What do you think of Finn? I said in my intro, he's a nerd ass. 
He's a bureaucrat piece of shit. <laughs> he he has like no empathy or respect for Hans. He's basically just or anyone. like yeah, or anyone. But he really should have it for Hans because him and Hans have a working relationship, and Hans is doing like the super dangerous part of that relationship where Hans is going out and confronting these huge fucking beasts and killing them. And uh, Finn is just making bear tracks around and doing that fucking horribly. Right. uh, To try to throw off the population. And, and he's just like, Oh fuck you Hans just go fucking kill the troll already like yeah like what a piece of shit totally he's such a good symbol for the government because it's like yeah he's saying he's one thing but he's another thing typical government Mm -hmm. move and then like he's terrible at his job like you said like he literally puts the bare feet backwards right (laughs) but then he treats people who are working harder than him and doing a better job than him worse than he treats himself. Like he's getting a full pay for putting bear tracks in the wrong order, but the people from Poland bring him the wrong kind of bear and he pays them like half price because they fucked up, but he fucks up way harder than that. Nobody can fucking yeah. tell. In fact, that's literally <laughs> the same stuffed bear they use for every scene um, with his tongue out. I just confuse that. Cause like, Brown bears in Norway, like, are they really that different from brown brown bears from where is it, Russia, Croatia? I, I... Humans from Norway, are they really that different from humans in Russia and Croatia? I think this is all a statement about immigration. Like, I honestly think it is. <laughs> okay, I think that's like seriously. I think that's what they're getting at. It's funny, but I think that like that was the joke. Of like, it's like, this is a Croatian bear. It's like, dude, they have a range that they migrate. And it's like, just like, oh, I'm a Polish guy, so I get less money because yeah. I'm a fucking Polish guy. I get treated like shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. I loved how they were like, oh, the bear is storing food underneath the bridge. And then Finn goes like, yeah, that's what uh, Russian bears, they store food like squirrels so they can get to it in the winter it's like what What? (laughs) he's just uh completely making a bullshit which uh yeah very funny which uh you should probably point out um this character is also played by a comedian yeah uh, like hans was uh apparently this comedian has the world record for longest stand-up performance so good job interesting nice he gets the good job award does he also get our shitty dumbest cop award uh yeah because there's the he's the closest thing to a cop in the movie so yeah sure all right dumbest cop award episode yeah, four goes to award. <laughs> hell yeah we gotta keep that going man we can't lose it it'll be really easy to remember that in them um okay the main characters are all fucking cops i also thought it was interesting and very poignant or whatever word you want to use that uh okay so there's a troll attack, and they blame it on a bear every fucking time, right? And they put a dead bear there, and they have bear footprints, which, to connect to our King Kong episode, the bear footprints are bear paws on sticks, which, the way that they faked the Loch Ness prints was hippo feet on sticks, by the way. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. What'd you say? Why? So, is this just going to be thinking every episode you're just going to go on an anti Loch Ness rant? 
I'm not saying the Loch Ness Monster is fake, even though I already did. I'm just telling you the truth of what people admitted they did to fake prints of the Loch Ness Monster. Anyway, the game warden is terrible at his job. Every time we see a bear cover-up of a troll thing, the people in the area who know what they're doing, like the hunters and shit, are like, this doesn't make any sense. Their feet are crossed, blah, blah, blah. And Finn is just like, you're insane. You're fucking insane. And as someone who questions the government a lot and is called insane all the time, I very much sympathized. Well, the government likes me until they know I associate with you. So, government, I just want you to know I love you and all the mass murder you commit in my name. Um, well, that, that seems to transition us right in nicely into our politics section. So, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like one of my favorite things about this movie is that it is openly mocking and criticizing the government in so many ways, and it's really fun and beautiful. You know what I mean? It's, it's especially fun because this has a lot of uh, funding from the Norwegian government. Really? <laughs> um yeah, it, it's it's largely funded by the Norwegian government. I nice. guess they funded it based on an earlier draft of the script and the kind of the more anti-government sentiments came in uh, future drafts of the script. So they didn't exactly know that they were funding this. But uh, yeah, I mean, most non-American countries uh, put a lot of funding into their, their film because they don't have Hollywood. So they... Uh, yeah. It makes sense. So you, you you see that a lot, where lots of art and film is funded by the government. But yeah, it's uh, I I love the anti-government sentiment of of uh, these bureaucratic dipshit pieces of shit um, <laughs> trying to cover up all this troll stuff because they don't think the public can handle it. I mean, that's used as a reason all the time for yeah fucked up shit. That's why they won't admit to Loch Ness uh, to Nessie, because they don't <laughs> think we can handle it. But trust me, I'm part of the public, and I have handled it. And I've been handed a bowl of food, and I am going to eat it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, most of the stuff that I want to talk about with anti-state stuff we've already talked about. But they talk about how bear management is strictly controlled by the state. And we, then we see how horrible the bear management is, and that it's all fake. And that they're not even good at faking tracks, which is the easiest fucking thing in the world. You have the right foot on the right, and you have the left foot on the left. That's all you need to do, and they can't even do that. The Troll Security Service, or the Troll Secret Service, is a horrible bureaucracy. I love the bureaucracy of, like, Hans, who's this, like, amazing man in the... Should be an amazing man in the eyes of the government. He's doing this incredible work to fight these giant monsters that could threaten all of mankind. And they're having him fill out these forms that are like, what is the form? What is the sex? Was it petrified? Was it not petrified? Like, it's just like such bullshit. And like, I hate paperwork so much. I despise bureaucracy so much. Look, I have horrible anxiety and I can't stand paperwork. I... That is why I'm a fail son, is because I can't stand shit like that. Look, I have teeth riding out of my head that I do not go to the dentist for because I hate all the paperwork. And I 
do not go to the medical stuff because I hate all the fucking paperwork. I, I can't take it. I can't handle it. I hate paperwork. I can't stand it. So I completely, when he was filling out that paperwork for killing these trolls for the government and doing this heroic action, it made me so mad and so totally. angry because I can't fucking stand paperwork. Totally. It's the absolute fucking worst. <laughs> it makes... We can go to the moon, but we have to fill out five million fucking pieces of paper to explain, to justify going to the goddamn moon. I appreciate your rant. I'm going to end it now. Um, (laughs) I love that. Okay, so Hans is against the government right off the bat from what we see. He's like, it's a crappy job, no safety, no overtime. Maybe it's time for a change in management, right? But then... As soon as Kali dies, the Johanna and Thomas are on board with the anti-state shit. It's really awesome how sw- how how fast it switches. I think it's Finn who says like, "Oh well, people want to keep it secret," and the kids are like, "Oh, you mean the state? The state wants to keep it secret?" Like they know immediately that that's what's happening. They lie about the camera rolling. They talk back about keeping it a secret. They're literally just saying fuck you, and then Finn literally says the people don't have a right to know. It's a very transparent message of the state is against the humans that it's supposed to serve. You know what I mean? Yes. Fuck the state, man. Look, I love the state. (laughs) I love Biden. I love Trump. I love Obama. I wish Obama was king. I don't know what I'm saying. Wait, no, yeah, you're right. Fuck the state. (laughs) Thank you. I don't like any states. I have no preconceptions about states that I don't know what they're doing. Like, let's say North Korea. Other than every state has always been bad, so it'd be a goddamn fairy tale to think that any state couldn't be not bad. Fuck the state. Yeah. I'm glad this movie is against states. Yeah, shit like North Korea is enraging because it's like... You know that the U.S. and South Korea are pumping in, like, anti-North Korea uh, yes. propaganda, but you're also just, like, you also know that they're pieces of shit. <laughs> so it's like... Okay, we're getting a little off track. So... <laughs> um. Okay, so obviously this movie is very much about, much like Shin Godzilla, it's very much about the bureaucracy of the government causing problems the state covering things up, the state being racist, all this shit. There's a few other political points. Like, I think that... Would you agree that that's the overarching main political point of this movie? Yeah. And I think uh, the director talked about how he thinks one of the reasons why Americans kind of connected with the film is that Americans generally have a distrust for the government way more than Norwegians do. So it was... Nice. Really something easy for Americans to connect to. Hell yeah, it feels good to be seen. Thanks, director. Um, <laughs> I mean, he he does direct in Hollywood now, so... Yeah, he did, uh, like, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark with... Yeah. Right? I didn't see that, did you? Yeah. I, yeah, I saw that in theaters. Um, What'd you think? I've heard mostly meh stuff. I wasn't going into it with high expectations. I mean, I loved, I loved the books when I was a kid. They were hugely yeah. um, important to me as a child. But I was, I didn't think it was, there was, I didn't realize this is the same director as Troll Hunter for one. So I was just going into it thinking 
Yeah, this is Guillermo de Tormo produced it, but I wasn't expecting anything to blow me away, and I was just expecting a moderate hill a horror film to to entertain me, and that's what I got. It was fine. It's it's a fun film. It's it's nice to see, but it's not gonna. If you're expecting like the exact equivalent of those books that you see through this the through the eyes of nostalgia, it's like no, you're not gonna get that. But you're okay. Probably you really shouldn't be expecting that. Well, I am, and now I'm sad. <laughs> uh, I I had I read those books as a kid, and I had almost no intention of watching the movie. But now that I know it's this director, I'm like trolls. <laughs> so yeah, like you were saying, I think that that's the reason that this movie resonated so much with American audiences and audiences internationally is because everybody distrusts their government because governments suck, right? Um, but there's also, I think some political stuff in this movie that is much more specific to Norway that'd be interesting to like touch on even though you and I won't know most of the nuances about it you know what i mean i do want to point out that some nerd asses do trust their government i had a i agree with coworker that. <laughs> i remember talking like around 2015 we were discussing like the election or something and so he had served in iraq i guess but I brought up how, like, uh, Bush, like, lied us into Iraq and how it was all, like, a bunch of bullshit and, you know, typical stuff like that. Uh, and he's just like, well, who told you that? Who told you that? So the media told you that? Well, that doesn't mean it's true. Why do you think that's true? Because the media told you that? And he, like, totally, fully still trusted the Bush government line in, like, 2015 or 2016. Um, so there are still some people out there who, yes, idiots exist uh, everywhere. <laughs> um, yes, every government, I'm sure every government in the world has people who think it's the best government that ever existed. Yeah. And they're all wrong. And I feel sorry for them, <laughs> especially <laughs> if they fucking killed children and their defense mechanism for making them sleep at night is to pretend that there were weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, which when actually we fucking funded Saddam Hussein to fight communism in Iraq, and then he became a fucking dictator, and we were like, we want your oil. Like, I get it. You're an idiot. Yeah, it just shocked me how, like, I was bringing up, like, with facts that I thought were just, like, agreed upon by the general public, and he's just like, well, who told you that? How can you trust that? I mean, who and told just... you the the world is fucking not flat, Charlie? <laughs> yeah, I know, know exactly. <laughs> All right, let's let's get into some of the weird nuances. I don't think it'll be a lot, but there's some interesting stuff going on with Norwegian politics in this movie. Um, first of all, a lot of this movie plays off of, I guess, a struggle, a tension that exists between farmers who own livestock and animal poachers in Norway. Do you know anything about this? Did you read anything about this? I read about poaching of brown bears in Norway, but not specifically about the the struggle between uh, livestock and poaching and stuff like that. So I don't think they're making like a grand statement about this outside of the theme I mentioned earlier of like our current system prioritizing domestication and agriculture over wild nature, right? But... There apparently is an issue in Norway where farmers' livestock will be 
killed by wild animals and then because of the poaching laws they don't really have any power to stop that from happening if that makes sense and that mm-hmm. this is that's why this film crew would be so interested in following this bear poacher because there's a lot of discussion in politics around poaching so just I don't think there's much to it other than that, like, a lot of the things that bring Hans to the areas revolve around that, like, the fact that bears are blamed for a lot of the troll attacks and the fact that, like, oh, there's dead cows in this valley, so Hans is like, that must be a troll, I'm gonna go out there. I think it was more playing into the current dialogue in Norway than making a statement about it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So according to this one article I read, brown bears in Norway... In the 19th century, hunters would kill 200 to 300 every year. But as of 2017, 125 brown bears were tracked in Norway. Um, So that's one of the reasons why it's so heavily regulated by the government is because the population is so small. Uh, And they're they're trying to revive the population, um, which they haven't been meeting their targets uh, to revive that population. So reading that made me think, like, you probably shouldn't blame all these livestock killings on bears when it's trolls. You should try to figure something else out because that's just going to get people really more pissed off at bears. It really was interesting how, like, these documentary film students uh, are trying to find this bear poacher and most of the people that they're getting information from early on in the film are bear poachers. They're just the ones who have licenses. So they're not considered poachers. They're just hunters. And they're like, Mm. Oh, this person doesn't have a license, but it's like, if there's 125 left, dude, let the bears kill what they fucking want. Like, I mean, you and I, to be fair, 125 was as of 2017. Sure. This, this took place technically in 2008. So let's say, Let's say there's 140. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let's just say that. That's how, that's how it works. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, basically, apex predators, bears, wolves, whatever, are dwindling super hard nowadays. And that fucks up the whole ecosystem. It, it's interesting to watch this movie and see these student filmmakers clearly are not, like, hardcore pro- wild animal people they're just like oh we should document the person who's illegally killing the bears but it's 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 more complicated than that and i don't know that they treat it as super complicated in the film but obviously the fact that they play into trolls being a part of the natural environment who are against domestication shows a little that we should be thinking about these issues i guess yeah i mean um like there are reasons to have hunters for some populations like you know deer populations can easily get overpopulated and that can be drastic for their own populations uh, not even just considering what the effect they can have on the wildlife around the area i don't understand i don't know really enough about bears to think why they should have actual bear hunters licensed and why that would be a good thing i mean Right. The, the like, only reason that deers get out of control is because we murdered all their apex predators. Like, if we had wolves in the areas, they'd be fine. So the answer isn't just for our listeners. The answer isn't to kill all the kill more deers. The answer is to reintroduce apex predators, as we've seen in Yellowstone. It it fixed the ecosystem. You know. 
That's very true. But I'm just saying there can be some surface reasons for hand sure. having a hunting. I don't know what that would reason be for bears in, in specifically in Norway. Same. Um, uh, especially when the population is so low. So I, it does, it's very funny how like the bear hunters are very offended at this idea of a poacher. Yeah. And it's just, they're just like, we know every licensed bear hunter. Yeah, we this filled is... out the right forms. Yeah. <laughs> totally. It's, it's part of the bureaucracy weird. narrative. Yeah. And, like, they're, like, also hunters in the same area. So it's like, so you're mad at him poaching this bear here, but you would have been fine killing this yeah, bear here? Yeah, like, totally. It... <laughs> and I, I think the filmmakers... My read is that they're aware of that irony a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't dive super hard into it, but they're aware of it. Well, speaking of bears, so obviously in the film, the government is covering up the troll attacks by saying that bears are doing it. And when we see the people who bring the bears in, it's this whole weird thing where it's a crew of Polish people. And they bring in bears and Finn is like, it's a Croatian bear. We need a Scandinavian bear, which like, as we mentioned, is so funny because they're like right near each other. They just migrate. Like, what the fuck is the difference of black bear? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Um, but I think that kind of plays into the immigration narrative. From my understanding, from reading a few things like Polish people are really ostracized in Norway. They're considered like the biggest uh, group of like that most people who are considered immigrants in Norway are Polish and that this is like kind of playing into and talking about how they're mistreated and playing into stereotypes. I thought one of the funny lines was like in Poland, we ask, we ask not, we do. And I have no idea what that's referencing, but it seems like it's <laughs> referencing something. So, um, the Polish people bring a bear there. That's their job. They bring a bear. Maybe it looks slightly different than the bear they were supposed to bring. But Finn is like, we're paying you half when he's terrible at doing his job anyway. So I don't know. It's just an interesting, interesting dynamic. It's kind of like when Polish people built stuff for Donald Trump and he said, I'm not going to pay you and uh if you complain about it then i'll point out that you're you're illegal immigrants yeah. right wasn't that a thing i don't think it was polish people dude i don't know i pretty i thought it was polish this is something that happened like in the 70s or 80s or something oh i don't know about this at all yeah there was something that polish people built for for him and then like it was it was largely built by polish immigrants and then like he threat he threatened to the hand them over to the government um, damn so you didn't have to pay him. I thought you uh, were trolling me. No. <laughs> Damn, I would never troll because I don't want Hans to kill me. Yeah, I uh, I didn't know how to read the Polish people in this. Like, they were definitely a comedic relief. Um, I don't know if it's supposed to be poking fun at Polish people or because, I mean, personally, I thought I was like, I like these guys. I, I want to hang out with these guys. Right. Uh, they seem pretty fun and neat to me i love the polish i don't know what to say yeah for sure like i don't know much about that whole scenario i just it clearly jumped out as these are the worst treated people in the movie and it's the government mm -hmm. who's unwilling to pay them for doing work that they do better than the government does and that's i think mm -hmm. the main message right totally 
All right, so we were talking about animal poaching and livestock, and some of that ties into, oh, and, like, the the trolls being, you know, wild nature. Um, but there's a few other specific environmental aspects that are brought up in this film that I thought would be interesting to talk about. One of them is the power lines. Just from reading about it, I guess in Norway, the fact that there are giant power lines breaking through the wilderness have been a that that's been a like political topic and contention for a long time um the final shots of the movie are as we mentioned the prime minister talking about the power lines and he says something like norwegians are against the power lines but they're for power and so that's like a contradiction we have to deal with so that's an ongoing thing and and like i fully understand why people there would be so upset like we haven't even talked about this. How goddamn beautiful is this movie? Like the Norwegian country. Yeah. It's so goddamn beautiful. I was I was just thinking like the landscape is a character in and of itself. Yeah, the Norwegian landscape throughout the entire film is just so gorgeous to look at. And it just is really stunning. It really helps elevate this film. Um, yes. I mean, and it, it this it's also so varied. Like you see the woods, you see the the bridge but then you go to the um you go to the mountains and you go into the the abandoned mine and then you go to the snowscaped uh and the place ocean, where the Jotnar is and the waterfalls there's so much time where we're seeing these awesome bays and these huge yeah, waterfalls yeah. it's gorgeous yeah and you see them going across in the ferries and yeah. through the yeah it's, it's fucking beautiful so it makes sense that people there would be upset about these giant industrial projects right Putting power yeah. lines through. And you know what? If I was a Norwegian citizen and I saw a bunch of power lines going in a giant circle up where nobody lives, I might be kind of upset about that too. Totally. Which I is I think what they're playing into is like this Norwegian folks would know that this is a point of contention in the media or in, in, in political discourse. And so they're playing into that to say like, oh, these power lines that so many people think are unnecessary, the government says are necessary, they're actually to stop these trolls from coming into our territory. I thought that was an interesting and really fun take. And also like, you know, seems like a mild reference to Godzilla because as we've mentioned before, the power lines being electrified or electric fences have been a a, a prominent way of trying to defeat Godzilla for a lot of the movies. Um, it wasn't a reference to Godzilla. It was a reference to the beast from uh, 50,000 Fathoms. 50,000, yeah, that's the correct number. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it was or not. I don't know if you're making 20, fun of 000. me. 20,000. 20,000 leagues under the sea, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> um, I also loved, though, that like the when they go to the office that's doing the power grids and they're like it's just a circle the people in the power grid office are completely clueless like they're just like huh never thought about that so what are you talking about you're monitoring a circle of electricity that helps you <laughs> yeah. know houses you never thought of it and it's so over the top just like we're talking about with some things earlier like it doesn't actually make sense that someone who does this eight hours a day five days a week would not realize the power is going to no one it makes sense in a way of like exaggerating the position to show a reality of how fucking inept our government is you know yeah and it's funny because he's like 
yeah, but it's beautiful landscape, huh? <laughs> <laughs> like, like, even when he's like, oh, that is weird, he's still just like, yeah, but look, look how beautiful it is. So. Yeah, totally. I also hate the power lines in the wilderness I live in breaking through stuff, but I also love having electricity and being able to podcast with you. So back in our younger, in our late teens, we used to walk the power lines. So And climb them, but I think there was a bit of irony there of accepting living in a dystopia that we were embracing. Well, I just love the horses, so... Well, these these so-called horses, I remember my first ever banner drop, before I even knew that was like an activist term, was to drop a big sign from the horses, what we called the giant power lines, that said, shh, unicorns crossing. (laughs) I remember that. (laughs) And I think that that perfectly encapsulates everything we're talking about. The fairy tales and the myths mixing with with the industrial uh, uh, hellscape we currently live in. You know what I mean? No, you're right. There was a mocking quality to us just uh, always talking about the horses and walking the horses. Accepting the the dread that we're being poisoned by the air. Yeah. I just have a nostalgic memory attached to it. Same. Same. Like, you gotta work with what you got. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the prime minister at the end, that's what he's talking about. And to anybody in Norway, they would have realized, they would have recognized this as the prime minister and as him talking about power lines. And then in the movie, they made it look like he was acknowledging them as troll barriers, which is a cute and clever way to finish the movie. And from my understanding, something they thought of right at the end. That's what I read too. But I think it was, uh, fun because... The camera pans from the prime minister to the guy sitting next to him, and the guy sitting next to him has like a yeah, like an oh shit, you shouldn't have said that kind of face, <laughs> which is perfect. So the last thing I want to talk about is the ending of the movie. I fucking love the end of this movie. It is so fucking good, Charlie. I cannot even handle it. I love it. <laughs> uh, what do you encompass as the end? I love. This sequence where, okay, so they take down he who shall not be named the giant mountain troll. (laughs) Hank. Hank. Um, They take him down and then Hans walks away first. That's the first part. Then the kids are running. Oh, they pick up a seismologist and then they're running and they see the government behind them and they're running and then it ends. And I love so much, we'll talk about Hans in a minute, but I love so much that these kids are running and we see the government and it ends. And because of the way they've set up the film, the most logical explanation is that the government gunned them down. And I love that because it's not hitting you in the head being like the government's bad. It's making you come to the conclusion that the government probably did it rather than just being like, if they had just showed the government mowing them down, it'd be a lot different. But since they don't show it, you as a viewer are making the assumption that the government killed them. And I fucking love that because it's just, it's making you do the one plus two equals three. You know what I mean? Well, my whole thing with the Indian is how does the footage get out there? Yeah, true. Um, And that's one thing I don't, I don't get about the Indian. You you see Thomas is running and he he runs to a road and there's a truck driving by and to me that implies that the truck 
is the source of where the footage got out, but if that footage got out that way, then Thomas also would have gotten out that way. They could have been gunned down, and then the truck driver ran out, grabbed the footage, and ran. But yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. It's ambiguous as fuck. So that that's the one part that bothered me about the ending. I'm sorry to be a downer. No, no, no. Um, I like it. But overall, yeah, I like that. Um, so earlier in the movie, I had this written down my notes, but I don't think I bring it. I brought it up at all. Is when Finn, they don't hide from Finn that they're filming a documentary. They're basically like, "This is what we're doing." And yeah, and at first, Finn, Finn is just like, "Well, you can't, you can't do that." You can't do that. And they're just like, well, we are. And he doesn't do anything to stop it. And then I think the next time they encounter him, they film him. He's like, he actually tries to take it away from them or something. And they, and Hans is just like, what the fuck are you doing? Get away. And Finn, he just like, he can't compete with Hans. So he's just like, all right, all right, fuck. And now you see there's multiple vehicles coming. So it's obviously Finn and more than just Finn. So it is obvious that they've brought something more to kind of confront these filmmakers. And Thomas and Johanna are obviously aware of this. Uh, Maybe Thomas's fear is heightened by his rabies. I don't know. But uh, I do like that implication. But all the times I watch it, I just keep thinking, like, how did that footage get out there? And how does that correlate with the truck that drives by? Because I can't fully kind of bring those that together um because if the truck does get the footage and they had gunned down like i feel like they would have been able to identify the truck and be able to i don't know it just it doesn't fully track with me and bringing those two aspects together i read it very differently and i i 100 percent now hearing and appreciate how you read it and could see those things as being issues i guess i read it how i wanted to read it which was the truck was just a way for the filmmakers to leave it ambiguous because they could have gotten hit by a truck rather than Mm -hmm. be killed by the government. And that right before they died, somehow they threw their footage out to the side and someone else found it later. That's how I thought of it, is that the truck had literally nothing to do with it. It just drove by, but it's the last thing we saw for whatever reason. Whoever released it cut it off there. And that... I didn't really think too much about how the footage got found, but I felt like no matter if you ignore the truck and stuff, it feels, I think we'd both agree that it feels very obvious that the government killed them, right? Yes. So that to me is what I like. I'm not thinking about the logistics of the rest, which is interesting. I'm glad you brought it up. But to me, the thing I love about the ending is that they don't tell us the government is bad and killed them. We just assume it which to me is very powerful propaganda that I appreciate. You know what I mean? Of course, maybe we're assuming it because we both hate the government. But they also littered the movie with anti-government stuff. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, but what about that, that person that I worked with who doesn't believe that? Yes. Uh... Well, that's the problem with all, like, I mean, that's the whole that's problem true. with the fact that, like, right-wingers love full metal jacket and apocalypse now because they don't fucking understand anything like that's not that doesn't you know what i mean there's nothing we can do about that yeah that's true for sure um but yeah that's why i loved that part of the ending and then hans walking away i loved because it showed him 
it was it's so ambiguous it's so like he's just done he just killed a mountain he's so sick <laughs> of himself he either knows he's gonna kill be killed by the government and doesn't want to or he's just like i don't fucking care anymore i'm done with life i'm gonna wander off and both of those options are a lot better than being a government lackey for your whole life killing fucking wild animals that are beautiful you know what i mean and yeah i just think that's fucking great i just love that that actually brings up another aspect of hans that i forgot to mention earlier at least i think i forgot is that he doesn't really seem to properly warn them that the government really has an invested interest in not having this footage being released totally i mean they see it for themselves but he doesn't do enough yeah like he probably has an awareness of how far these people are willing to go to try to stop the knowledge of trolls getting out there. And I think that was an interesting point of like, like them picking up the seismologist seemed so kind of out of nowhere, but Mm -hmm. I think it's showing a, you and I have mentioned a lot of things while recording this about how the main characters seem to have like lost sight of humanity and just care about their goal. But that helps a little bit, right? They pick up a guy who needs help, even though it'll slow them down. And then also, though, I think that adds to the idea that the government will kill just, like, random scientists because they could discover the truth. And it shows how much they're invested in their own story, not the truth. You know what I mean? Another interesting thing about the seismologist is uh, in the the beginning of this whole uh, scene with the Jotnar is they go to this cabin that's set up there and they listen to the radio and there's, like, a report it just kind of like briefly you hear audio from where it talks about uh quakes or something like that so um you're obviously meant supposed to especially the seismologist appearing kind of equating like these appearance of quakes with the uh jotnar and the the huge trolls totally um yeah, that makes I sense. That's feel cool. like it's an interesting aspect. Yeah, it ties back into the whole idea of like natural occurrences being troll occurrences. I love that. Yeah. Well, one thing I mentioned early in the episode that this made me think of is like, if there was a sequel to this movie. TV show. My feeling is that, and not a TV show, a sequel. If there was a sequel, <laughs> it would be very important to me that we never get an explanation of what happened to the kids, to the crew. I'd be okay with finding out what happened to Hans, but I and I'd be happy with characters speculating what happened to them, but I love the idea that it's ambiguous that the that the government killed them. If it was a prequel, that'd be great. But if it's a sequel, which I know they've talked about like they talked about it more in like 2011 right after this came out, they talked about how there were troll designs that they didn't use for this movie that they were saving for a possible follow-up. And the rights of this movie went back to the director in 2016. So it's possible, but I, I don't think it's going to happen. But if it did, I very much would not want to know what happened to the crew. I would want to, I'd be interested in knowing what happened to Hans potentially. And I'd be interested in a prequel with Hans, but I, I think it would really ruin some of the magic. It would fall into the like current, 2010s 2020s trend of explaining too much and ruining the mystery because the mystery at the end of the movie is one of my favorite things about it so you wouldn't want a sequel to uh, star hans i'd be okay with hans i just don't want to know what happened to the crew 
Like, okay. I'd be okay with Han speculating that the government killed the crew or speculating that they wandered off and did something. But I, I think the fact that we don't know what happened, but as an audience, we probably guess that the government killed them is one of the strongest political aspects of this film is that, yeah. of course, the assumption is the government is the ones to blame. So I wouldn't want that answered. Just like I kind of wish certain mm-hmm. things in the Star Wars universe hadn't been answered. It was just left open or a lot of a lot of things. Oh. Now. Oh shit! I I know how angry you are about uh, Darth Vader being revealed as Luke's father. That's that's what I'm referencing. Yeah. <laughs> but what do you, what do you think about that? That's the thing I've been hung up on because I'm like I want so bad to live in this world for longer. I love this world, but I don't want certain questions answered. If that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, uh, I agree with you. I'm not interested. I mean, really, not even. I mean, I agree with you from the political implications but just ultimately i'm just not even interested really in what uh the whole plot line of them are i'm more interested in the lore and in hans himself than the documentarian crew uh but yeah i agree with you that i do think that it's best left open-ended unless they get upset by what i brought up where with my um problems with the ending and they want to address that specifically yeah that'd be, that'd be cool it'd be interesting to know how yeah. the footage got it yeah I'd like uh over it all email me um uh but yeah uh so apparently this was supposed to get a remake from christopher columbus and apparently hans was supposed to be in a big house and he was set up a bunch of traps where uh the trolls would come in and get like hit by like paint cans and stuff what? like that. Wait. It's a joke because Christopher Columbus was. Wait, was he was... really going to be the one to do it? I knew there was supposed to be a remake that got canceled, but I didn't know the Home Alone director and the first two Harry Potter movies directors, who has no business directing anything anymore because he films like it's 1990 no matter what, <laughs> was going to be behind it. I mean, I I think in a production capacity, not like specifically a creative capacity. (laughs) But yes. Sorry, my inner Home Alone nerd is freaking out right now. (laughs) Yes, that Christopher Columbus, though. Damn. (laughs) Yeah, what I'm saying is they need to make a sequel. They need to make a TV series. Come on. Yeah. Come on, let's do it. Let's do it. The world needs... The world wants trolls. The world needs trolls. Come on. Yeah. Let's, let's give us some trolls. I would love to live in this world a little longer. I fucking love this movie. Which So, concluding thoughts. Do you have, We've talked about a lot. This is <laughs> We've been recording for a while. Do you have any other concluding yeah. thoughts before we rank it? Or have you said pretty much everything you need to say? I, I feel like I've said pretty much everything. Same. It's a yeah. shit movie. This movie fucking rules. <laughs> All right. I'm <laughs> just joking. How are you going to rank this movie, Charlie? You're first. Oh, shit. I am first this time, huh? Right. So I don't think I love this movie as much as you did. I still really liked it. There's definitely found footage films I would put ahead of it. Like I said earlier, the um, record of Sweet Murder, which I watched last night, was incredible. And the same directors and other stuff that's incredible. Man Bites Dog is great. Wreck is great. There's there's lots of great found footage films, but this one still stands towards the top, and I I don't want to take anything away from that. It's a really great film. It's perfectly done. The 
effects are great even though i'm not a fan of cgi the cgi done in this is is beautiful it's great to look at um and i really when i look at the trolls in this i'm like yeah maybe practical effects aren't always the, the best way to go because the cgi in this is just it was done great and on such a low budget it's really mind-blowing how how good it looks so my ranking is i'm gonna give it one wrangle finch one jontar no mountain kings and a tossle ad with five heads nice yeah i fucking love this movie it is so clearly anti-government it just makes me happy my favorite godzilla movie is shin godzilla for similar reasons that i love this movie fuck bureaucracy fuck the government so yeah i think i'm gonna give this movie eight tosser lad heads out of the potential nine tosser lad heads um i think that's (laughs) gonna be my my ranking uh it's a great one it's not what i expected and it was so much more than i thought was going to happen out of a movie called fucking troll hunter um uh, yeah i fucking love it it's great anything else before we we uh we say goodbye charlie just gave me a lot of hand signals that none of y'all will ever know about okay well we appreciate (laughs) you listening to the fourth episode of no gods no monsters you can find us and get in touch with us on twitter at no gods pod and you can also email us at no gods pod at gmail.com troll troll